Route 16 Grind, Episode 6. I swear, the man was holding me hostage. The Route 16 Grind is sponsored by Sea State Coffee, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, and Route 16 Off-Road. Welcome to the Route 16 Grind, the podcast for outdoor adventurers. Each week, we bring you information related to off-road and outdoor activities. If you wheel, hunt, fish, overland, or are an all-around adventurer, this podcast is for you. Each week, we pour a cup of sea steak coffee and talk about informative topics, the gear, and the training that can help you have a successful outdoor adventure. We have amazing contributors and some great conversation. So, grab your cup and enjoy the show. Here are your hosts, Brian and Chuck. All right, Chuck, we're back. What's up, brother? I think people might have missed this last week. Sorry about that, folks. We had a lot going on, and uh, it really was kind of my call. Chuck gave me some great stuff, and we're going to do it. I was sitting in a hotel room, and you know, I had kind of a little bit of a paranoia of like people listening, and I would probably be as excited about giving this podcast. And I don't know, maybe I just got to get over it. Plus, Chuck was pretty busy, and I think the fact too, Chuck, is just not the same with without both of us together. Man, it really isn't. Well, no, I think it worked out for the best because uh, we wouldn't have been able to have any conversation. It would have pretty much, pretty much just been segments and uh, monologues. And I don't know how exciting that is for the people listening. Yeah, it was pretty tough that one time. Then what you weren't here. I mean, it, it was it's just not the same. I didn't get the same energy. And, and I tell you, I, me personally, I'm a listener to to Chuck and what he brings as content. I learned so much from him, and I, I'm excited what he shares. And this show is going to be no different. So. Definitely stay tuned, and if you can't get to the whole podcast, you definitely want to save this one. Want to support the show? How about becoming a Route 16 Grind Patreon today for a little as a buck a month? It's not just a contribution, but an investment that goes directly to the show. Help this podcast to expand and grow. Benefits for each level range from a shout-out during the show, connecting to with us directly on Discord, receiving swag, to being listed as a show producer with bonus benefits. We also accept Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Check out our show notes for the links to the Patreon page and our cryptocurrency wallet. On this episode of the Route 16 Grind, this week's outdoors update, Chuck shares with, shares with us his experience from this past weekend with the WRC Getting Outdoors event. In the rock, mud, and dirt, Brian talks about his Carolina Jeepsters Toys or Tops event from this past weekend. In the Cup of Joe segment, Chuck and Brian catch up and talk about the holidays and things to come. The Red Warren Badge says you're equipped to handle anything, ready to conquer any challenge that may come your way. That badge has stood for off-road excellence for more than 70 years. During that time, we haven't stopped innovating or striving for perfection. Be ready. Be prepared. Go Warren. The Outdoor Update is brought to you by Tuffy Security Products. Having your vehicle broken into is not a laughing matter. Trust Tuffy Security Products to stop opportunistic thieves. Tuffy is the industry leader in automotive security and provides peace of mind when you walk away from your rig. Durable and easy to install. Tuffy Security Products has adventure-ready consoles, drawers, and lockboxes available for you to organize your rig and secure your gear. Visit TuffyProducts.com and use special offer code GRIND to save 10% on your order. Remember to lock it up. 
Welcome back to the Outdoors Update, the weekly segment where we provide you with stories, news, and information from the recent goings-on in the outdoor world. Well, this week is going to be a little bit different. As you already know, Brian and I both are on the road, and I'm taking off actually Friday morning to go to Colorado for my wife's 30th birthday, and we're going to get in a little snowboarding. But um, so this past Saturday... I was able to participate in a uh, Getting Started Outdoors event, which was essentially, this was the second leg of the GSO program. Previously, I mentioned before, I'm not sure if I, I how much depth I went into what the program consisted of, but what when you sign up for this program and you're selected, you get a classroom day to where mentors show up and it's broken up into various segments about hunting. Uh, hunting whitetail in particular for this one. And so you get an educational uh, day before you go out into the field. Well, this was the field day to where we took 11 hunters out into the field uh, in an attempt to get their first deer. And this was me with the Gaston County Piedmont area wildlife stewards. And this is a, a, a chapter of the North Carolina Wildlife Federation, of which I'm the president of this particular chapter. Uh, the participants were from all over the state and this was their mentored hunting opportunity, like I previously mentioned. And so the day was broken down with a group of hunters that came in in the morning, and then another group came in in the afternoon. Uh, and that way we were to, we were able to maximize the number of people that we could bring in at this wood duck farm um, here in South Gastonia, North Carolina. And we were three deer were taken in the morning portion. But unfortunately, no one in the evening got a deer. But nonetheless, they all had a fantastic time. It was really cool to see these people get to go out and get to experience something that they hadn't done before, at least for most of them. A few of them had been hunting a few times this year, but for the most part, none of them had ever been hunting. We had um, three father-son groups that were there, and I asked each of the dads, I'm like, so what, why? Why are y'all getting into this? And all of them's response was the same. They all were there because their sons wanted to get into hunting. Um, I didn't really discuss with the sons that much why they wanted to get into hunting. Um, one son in particular I did get to talk to. I talked to him in October at the classroom portion. And he said that his primary reason was this is a quote from him was to obtain food like they did in the old days because they didn't have grocery stores, which from an 11 year old kid, I thought that was really, uh, that was a lot of foresight and I was really impressed. I was really impressed with that, that particular child in, in, in general, just for that. And he was really, really eager to get meat, um, on in, during the classroom day. Cause we provided each participant that classroom day with at least one cut of venison if they wanted it. And he took home a lot. Well, one kid in particular didn't want to take home any meat. I got to ask him. And he didn't want, he wanted the first time that he ate deer to be from a deer that he had taken himself, which I thought was awesome. Um, so with that aspect, and then when you had the, the adults that were there by themselves without children that were just wanting to get in hunting, it was all really food driven. I was able to take out a friend of mine from work, um, he will he'll be on the uh on the podcast probably next week. I'm going to interview him 
for our first in the field. Right now, I'm kind of working out the mic situation, so that's why we didn't get to do it this week when it was fresh. But he'll be on next week, and he this made a profound impact on him. And um, I'll let him discuss it during the interview. I don't want to give away too many details, but he he touched me. Um, I don't know. He touched me in a way that I didn't think Saturday was going to. Um, I'll be the first to admit this fall, I've spread myself pretty thin. I've, I volunteered a lot. I've spent a lot of time away from hunting like, uh, like I typically do. And, um, it was Saturday, like was a real Saturday was an eye opener for me. Saturday snapped me back into reality and it let me know why I do what I do. It's, um, it's, I don't know. It was a, it was a reality check in our realistically. So, and probably you're sitting around, maybe you're not a hunter and you're going, why will, why will hunters go out and why would they want to make new hunters? Well, if you hadn't figured out by now, that's uh, conservation. Of course, it always leads back to conservation. And with one piece of legislation in particular is the Pittman-Robertson Act. <coughs> Excuse me. And the short version of the Pittman-Robertson Act is that it authorizes that monies that were generated from excise tax on guns and ammunition were could be used and distributed to state wildlife agencies for uh, funding of their wildlife management programs. And since 1937, when the act was originally, when it originally became a bill, it has been expanded since to include various other pieces of wildlife hunting gear that were taxed to benefit wildlife. And so the hunting license sales in each state is one variable that is factored into the equation that determines how much funding each state receives. And recently there was a piece of legislation proposed and it just was reported out of the house uh, committee of natural resources on a vote of 26 to six that amends the Pittman Robert Robertson act. And it poses great benefits for animal species whose populations are of high concern. The bill of HR 3742 ensures uh, dedicated funding for a previously created sub-account of the Pittman-Robertson Act in the amount of $1.3 billion, all of which is coming from the general fund. Uh, the Wildlife Conservation and Restoration sub-account, as it's called, funds will be allocated to the states in a similar manner, but with a minimum of 10% of that funding must be used to assist in the recovery of species that are listed as endangered or threatened under the Endangered Species Act. And this is important because Congress has found that more than 150 species are presumed to be extinct, with another 500 likely to be extinct. And then 1,200 additional species are designated of species of greatest concern or greatest conservation need. And that's including more than 700 wildlife species in the United States that are already listed as threatened and endangered under the Endangered Species Act. And so they've conducted an assessment of the best known groups of the United States wildlife and plants, and that indicates that 
one third of America's species are vulnerable to extinction and one fifth are imperiled or at high risk of extinction. So the funds coming out of the sub sub account, they'll be supplementary to the funds that are already being utilized for the Pittman Robertson act with all of the excise tax remaining in place, all of that funding. And in, in other words, it's, it's now, it's, it's just growing it. They won't say, well, we use this 1.3 billion. We don't have to, now we don't have to dip in this excise tax. We can take this excise tax. We, we can funnel it somewhere else and use it for something. It all has to stay. And then the 1.3 billion is just a supplemental fund coming out of this sub account. And then in addition to the $1.3 billion, they also, an account was created called the tribal wildlife conservation and restoration account. And that was established with dedicated funding of $97.5 million to assist in the funding of the wildlife programs on tribal lands. And this is a huge piece of legislation, in my opinion. Uh, It will become, more than likely, this is going to become a generational landmark in wildlife conservation. And this is going to be this Congress's, like, big stamp. This This is going to end up being huge. Uh, particularly for those endangered species that now are required to get a certain percentage of this funding to help out. And these state wildlife management agencies don't have to, they've got a better tool now in their budgeting toolbox. So they can go back and, and use this and plan for this once this becomes a bill. So now just like the last bill that I discussed, this is making its way through the committees. It's working its way to the floor. So hopefully, uh, soon, hopefully we get this on the books. This becomes a bill because this goes beyond hunting. This, this, these dollars will go towards pollinators, birds, amphibians, much more. I know if you've been on social media, you've probably seen little blurbs about birds disappearing, pollinators disappearing. And it's true. It's due to habitat loss mostly. Um, and we just need to do as people, we need to do whatever it takes and bend over backwards for these animals. Um, cause essentially the habitat loss is, I mean, we can, we can debate a lot of other stuff, but the habitat loss is a direct impact from us. So we need to do what's necessary to give back and try to replace it the best we can. Or, I mean, with pollinators and birds, it's easy. Everybody with a yard, you can do something. But now this right here will give a tool to state governments to be able to go out and do things on their lands and with this grant funding. So, and if you'd like to read more into this bill, it's really, it's not really difficult reading. It's pretty simple to understand. Uh, A link will be in the show notes. You can go back if you would like and just Google the sub account and you can find out more information. Um, there, there are certain wildlife societies like the national wildlife federation stuff. They've done really brief write-ups about it, but if, if you want to kind of get in the nuts and bolts and the, the, where the funding's supposed to go, how it's supposed to be used and, and what the restrictions are on, on the money that these States are getting, I recommend just going and reading the bill. It's broken down into bullet points and, and you'll be able to pick it out and uh, you'll be able to understand it if that's something you'd really be interested in. Chuck, that was a pretty amazing weekend, man. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, it's I guess going into it, the the people involved getting to go out and hunt, they they're the ones that are all excited for it, and I was excited for them, but I really didn't expect to get out of it what I did. You know, I, it was 
was like, oh, it's going to be cool. Somebody's going to get their first deer. It's going to be awesome. But it was an all said and done. It really was. Um, like I said, it was, it was kind of an awakening for me, for me to kind of realize why I do what I do with, uh, volunteering and whatnot. So, and, and plus some of the words that the, the first hunter that morning had shared with me after the fact later on, just, uh, it really hit home with me for sure. Yeah, right on. We wouldn't be here, Chuck, if you just weren't that type of person. I mean, this whole journey that we're on with this podcast all started with me meeting you at, uh, pretty much for the most part, it was really an off-road event that you all were there with backcountry hunters and anglers. And then we started talking and I was like, man, I want to get back and hunt. And you're like, hey, I'll go with you. Look where we're at right now. Sure. I tell you what, man, just the domino effect of I had an experience with my son I probably wouldn't have had this year if we didn't go on that turkey hunt earlier. So, yeah. I, I mean, me personally, I want to thank you for just being the type of person that you are and spreading that word. And I tell you, you're making smarter hunters too, because I guarantee you there are hunters out there that have been doing this for a while. And some of the content you're pushing out there, I mean, I'm blown away. I Like I said earlier, I get excited for every week when you're going to share and I come away from this podcast so much smarter and so much more information, things that I'm engaged in and look up and motivate me to get out there and do more. So, I mean, what, man, this was an amazing outdoor update. Dude, I, I appreciate it. I mean, really, the um, for people to go out and to do more, to teach people to be able to go out and do what they want to do is, it's awesome. Like, going into it, the reason we want more hunters, like I mentioned, Pittman-Robertson Act Conservation. Yeah. It all leads back to that. So, it's super self-serving kind of in the beginning and why you want more hunters out there. But then the more people that I talk to that get out for the first time, like the story with you and your son and how much that means. And then watching, we had three different father and son groups and the fathers were there because of the sons. It wasn't the other way around. Right. The sons were dragging the fathers out there and it was, I don't know, man, it was crazy. It was, I mean, it was awesome. Um, so, I mean, if you take the, the extra money out of it, that North Carolina wildlife is going to get, you take it all away. I'd still do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, uh, I went to a, a Jake day earlier this year, um, that, uh, what, what is it? The national wildlife, national Turkey Federation. I'm saying national wild Turkey Federation, wild Turkey yeah. Federation. Right. So I went there earlier this year and I tell you, I, I didn't have the experience you did, but I could see it from a distance because what you saw were individuals that their children were interested in being exposed to all the great things out there. And there were moms out there that were, I mean, it was about getting the kids outside, but what they took away from it was so much more. I mean, just the confidence and independence that they're gaining from that, just yeah. the knowledge to, Hey, I can do this. Like the, you know, the simple thing that the young man shared with you about, Hey, I, I want to go out there and, and, provide for my family or, or, or get me the way, you know, guys did back in the day. I mean, just having that perspective and understanding that it's not just shows up at the supermarket, you know, from the sky and it's just amazing. And we could probably, we'll talk about it probably some more, a couple Joe, but yeah, Chuck, I mean, I'm definitely going to listen to this podcast again and really, uh, take in more of that information you shared. Thank you so much. For sure, man. We'd like to feature your successes and outdoor adventures. So shoot the pics over to us with a brief story, route16.com and select contact. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X.com and select contact. Congratulations on the show. It's coming along great. 
Uh, I've got a quick fishing question this week. Uh, I argue with my daughter just about every year. And it's sad to say my daughter's more of an outdoorsman than I am. Uh, she goes fishing every 4th of July with her friends and swears that you don't need a fishing license on any fresh water, on any fresh body of water in North Carolina on the 4th of July. And I argue that she probably does. But I was just wondering if there was any truth to that. I can't find any information on it. And I'd like to share with you my uh, favorite fishing hole. Or my favorite fishing spot, which is the uh, seafood counter at Harris Teeter. I've never left there empty-handed. <laughs> I just don't have the patience for fishing. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, keep on going, and I'll catch you later. Have a good one, bye. So essentially, he is a successful fisherman. So what about that question, Chuck, about fishing on Fort July here in North Carolina? Do you need his, a license or not? His daughter is right. All right. July fourth is free fishing day in North Carolina. I'm assuming this is like I said, this is all an assumption, but everybody's off work, big national holiday. And I'm sorry, we just had a bunch of special guests walk in the room. My pack of dogs just ran upstairs. Right on. Um but no, so yeah. Long story short, free fishing day, July fourth. His daughter is not gonna get in any trouble. And now he can go too. Yeah, you know that's great about hunting here too in, in North Carolina. Under sixteen, you know, you get your tags. Uh, yep. They got youth days. There's that's one great thing. I know we y'all we share a lot about North Carolina, but we need you to call in and give us some uh, great information about where you're at, and we'll be more than happy to talk about that. You know, Definitely. in fact, you want to be on the show? Maybe you should share with us some interesting hunting, fishing, overlaying, wheeling, or adventure news. You should give us a call, the Route 16 hotline at 919-694-3356, and maybe you will be on our next show. We would love to have you. Since 1989, Tuffy Security Products has been the industry leader in automotive security. Tuffy has a variety of vehicle-specific consoles, drawers, and lockboxes. Tuffy manufacturers adventure-ready organization and security for your Jeep, truck, or SUV. Visit TuffyProducts.com and use special offer code GRIND to save 10% on your order. In the Rock, Mud and Dirt is brought to you by Warren Industries. At Warren, we pour our effort and our thirst for adventure into every product we make. You better believe American pride runs deep here in Clackamas, Oregon. Here, a small army of engineers, technicians, machinists, and assemblers design and refine Warren products, bringing them as close to perfection as possible. Their work is backed up by legendary quality control that doesn't just stand up to rigid worn standards. It lives up to the toughest demands of the world's top vehicle manufacturers and military suppliers. How do we know? Because they've partnered with Warren for decades. This quest for peerless reliability, this worn difference, will be around as long as Warren Industries is in business. At least another 70 years. Go prepared. Go worn. Welcome to the Rock, Dirt, and Mud. Sorry we missed you last week. Well, we missed you. Hopefully you missed us, but we had to flex with some things going on in life. I was pretty busy with work. Chuck was out as well with doing family stuff, but we're here now. So one thing I want to share with you is a week and a half ago, I was invited to help support a great event, the Carolina Jeepsters Toys for Tot Drive, a toy drive hosted by at the Carolina Ale House in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Now this club, along with the support from Infidel Jeepsters, Combat 
Vet Motorcycle Club, and there was a car club, and I apologize, I didn't get their name. True Patriot, Mission 22, and, and many others, they are over. They were able to collect over 500 toys and hundreds of dollars in a span of just four hours. This event was quickly thrown together, and the word spread quickly. Notice the groups. You had Jeep clubs, you had a motorcycle club, a pretty cool car club, and I'm so sorry I don't remember your name. And, you know, all these people just pulling their resources together to ensure that kids in need in three counties in North Carolina, they were able to wake up. They're going to be able to wake up on Christmas Day with toys under the tree. And that's going to be a really great thing. The Toys of Tot Drive are well is well known to be associated with the Marine Corps, and this particular one was no different. The Marine League in Fayetteville, North Carolina, they stepped up and led the way. They recruited some great clubs with some amazing people. I had my son out there with me, and I was very happy for him to experience this positive community event. Now, switching gears, I want to quickly give a shout out to a brand that came through to me, came through for me personally a few weeks ago. Since I installed a, a Tuffy Tailgate Locks box, I actually use it. I wanted to beef up my tailgate support, so I went with a uh, More Ride Tailgate Reinforcement Kit, and that was one of the things that was placed on order for me. Well, when I received the product, some of the items were missing, and it would have made it me in, impossible to do the install without really expending my entire FlexTie inventory. If you're a Jeeper, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, I wasn't willing to do that. Those are for emergency purposes, for the most part. So I hit up more ride the next day, and within a, a day or two later, that whole kit was replaced. Now, put this in perspective, I have kind of half of a kit. Instead of me having to send it back or them just send me pieces here and there, they just sent me an entire new kit. That was pretty awesome. Now, I have yet to install this product, so I can't give you a full review yet. But if you want a brand with great customer service, I can say through my personal experience, More Ride is a brand that looks out for you. Thanks to Ryan and the entire More Ride team, you made me one happy Jeeper. Isn't it amazing how far a little customer service will go? I, I tell you what, I, I just threw myself out there. I don't know anything about this brand. I was like, you know, I need to try different things so I can share it, well, obviously, on the podcast, but also with the, the off-road stuff. I mean, I see a lot of similar stuff, and everyone's kind of doing the same thing. I really want to expose myself to other brands, other, you know, hey, they might just be just as good, maybe more affordable, maybe too expensive, maybe they don't work at all. I want to be able to provide that. But this brand, holy cow, I was totally blown away. They don't know me from Shinola or I don't know. Right. Maybe they, they heard Maybe they do hear You know, they've heard a podcast possibly. I don't know, Chuck. Oh, yeah. Could it be? But uh, immediately responded, I was blown away. Thank you so much. And the gentleman, Ryan, you know, you really came through. I got that email returned within probably half an hour. And then it was just one thing after another, got with another department, verified some things, and boom, he, he put it out the door. So that was pretty amazing. And just, it, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, this makes a world of difference as far as like when I'm buying stuff. It, it To me, it goes right up there with customer service and quality go hand in hand. You know, if it'll, if it'll get the job done, but your customer service is better than, say, the number one product on the market, well, I'm going with the one with the customer service. You're right. I, I agree with that. I absolutely do. And, and you know, the, the thing, too, is the quality generally goes hand in hand, like you said. They generally do. Uh, it, the only time I notice where the difference is is when you have that hot new item and then that brand just kind of becomes, you know, jerks about it because there's mm -hmm. no stuff's flying off the shelves. 
but you're just one new product away from being that old dated stuff. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of brands have gone through that. Regardless of what industry you're in, they have gone through that. And the ones that stay are the ones that understand that, hey, I got to keep my customers happy. And that's yeah. a good oh, thing. Yeah. So yeah, that event too, that was pretty cool. And I talked to uh, a few of the Carolina Jeepsters out there and they had really good things to say about the the podcast. In fact, I talked to one of the infidel Jeepsters too about it and they really enjoy our communication here. So uh, our conversation. So I really appreciate you guys. You know, I'm talking to out there and, you know, thank you so much for listening and you know what? Keep doing those good things. I'm going to keep sharing them, keep doing them. Let's get out there and help the community. Have an idea, or maybe you'd like to contribute to one of our segments, then go to route16.com and select contact and let us know your idea. That's R O O T O N E S I X.com and select contact. Imagine walking back to your vehicle in the parking lot and seeing glass on the ground with your door wide open. Your stomach drops and your world is turned upside down. Don't become a victim of opportunistic thieves. Be proactive and install a toughie. Since 1989, Tuffy Security Products has been the key to locking it up. Tuffy has adventure-ready consoles, drawers, and lockboxes available for your rig. With universal and vehicle-specific options, has something for what you drive. Organize your rig and secure your gear by visiting TuffyProducts.com today. And special offer code GRIND to save 10% on your order. That's G-R-I-N-D in the special offer code box when you go to checkout at TuffyProducts.com. The Cup of Joe segment is brought to you by C-State Coffee. Have you ever actually drank good coffee? Stop wasting your money on old, stale coffee from the store and make the switch to C-State Coffee. C-State Coffee is a United States Marine Corps veteran-owned and operated roastery selling premium coffee that's roasted on order and delivered fresh to you. Order your coffee today at www.cstakecoffee.com. Chuck, I mean, when we started this podcast, or I just say probably hour before, I was dead dog tired. I was yawning, man. I was pitiful. Pitiful. Yeah. Now I have all this energy, man. I'm so glad we're able to do this. I mean, this is something to look forward to. And yeah, it's good to have you back. And I can't wait for the other shows that we're going to do. Yeah, man. Especially considering we weren't even sure if we were going to actually record tonight or not. And uh, But yeah, we needed to, needed to get some content out. Tomorrow, hopefully, fingers crossed, or sometime in the next few days, I'm going to be interviewing one of the people that I took on the hunt. Uh, well, at this point in time, I guess it's the weekend before last. But so uh, he's going to get to explain his experiences and stuff and why he got into hunting. And hopefully, and also the benefits of the Getting Started Outdoors program, and with the goal of hopefully maybe some of the listeners out there also say, Hey, you know what? That's something I'd like to do. And they start looking for avenues on how to participate in these programs, whether it be through the state agency, or like you mentioned before the national wild Turkey Federation, that's a, that's a big conservation group. Who's big in R3. There are tons of programs out there. And that's, that kind of goes into our mission. When we started this thing, we want to inspire people to do something different and to get out and about. So I, I tell you what, the, uh, national wild Turkey Federation, they are extremely proactive in my area. Um, with the turkey shoots and different events, I get ping with them. I went to like one event and it was that Jake day. And ever since then, it just been, and I took my son out to a turkey shoot and there's just sometimes I just, I can't attend cause it's all the way in Fayetteville, but extremely right. proactive. Cause you do have some groups that they only get together like once, twice, 
maybe three times a year, and that's fine. I used to be like I'm a, I'm a ham radio operator, so I used to be a part of a club in my local area. But one of the reasons why I'm not really working with them anymore, there was really no true development or mentorship. It was basically let's go have dinner, then let's have a meeting and talk about stuff. But there was no real follow through, and the experience that I'm having with hunting and just you know same thing with the off road groups and all the other things that I do. It's that right there that draws me. The fact that hey, I cannot not only can I become better in those skill sets in those areas, but I can also give back and I can also look at passing on. So that is really what I kind of look at. What attracts me, and this is everything on point with, with what you're sharing. This is stuff that absolutely gets good people in a good place to do great things. Yep, yeah. and that, and I think you're bringing up good people. Uh, that's a great point because I mean, realistically with, without a solid foundation for hunters moving forward, it, it has the potential to go away. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm so heavily involved with it is just keeping the tradition and keeping everything around. Plus, I mean, watching how excited these people were last Saturday. I mean, even the folks that didn't kill anything, right. It right. Was, I mean, they were jacked up. To be able to take part, and it really was like I grew up in hunt camps, and where we were in hunt clubs in South Carolina, and you went down and you spent the weekend hunting, and they got that mini hunt camp experience. Mm-hmm. Experience people were sitting around telling stories, you know, going back and forth. Some of the folks had took it on themselves to go hunting already, so they had some stories to contribute. They just got to sit around and listen, um, and and gain some real skills. And it got it was just so rewarding, man. It really was. You know, and I like, you know, like a good fishing day to me is kind of that experience. Sometimes you don't catch a lot of fish or sometimes, you know, it just it is what it is. Very much like a hunt. But it's being able to get outside, you hang out with your buds or whatever, like, you know, me and my sons or something. Like it's that whole environment and, and everything inclusive with it, not just, hey, I got 10 fish. Because that's cool and that's awesome. And right. You're going to probably eat well that night. But it's really everything beyond that, too. So yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that interview. I'm I'm really excited about that. And I talked to, I spoke with uh, uh, Cheryl. She has this Jeep. She calls it Grinch. It's like one of those metallic green. I don't know if I'm saying the right color, but you know, you like those real, like very reflective green, high end mojito kind of looking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know how to describe it. Cheryl, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I know you're going to like probably hit me in the head next time we, I see you. But she runs a website and I want to say it's herjeep.com uh, or herjeeplife.com, something like that. I'll put it in the show notes and sorry, Cheryl. But she, I'm really trying to get her to come on. So little background on her. She's has a couple of Jeeps and, you know, she's all about self, you know, learning, getting out there, trying to do things herself. And she has a really great story, retired Army Chief Warrant Officer. And I tell you what, she told me more about tires than I really want to know during that event. Because we were just chit-chatting, you know, and, and we we're talking, just tires came up. And it's one of the subjects I really hate talking. When people call me up, i like, dude, hey, go to a tile horse seller. I don't really don't want it. And there's so many things. But she was going in the weeds. But that's that's what she does. She really take when she takes something on, she takes it on. Uh, she's very independent. Um, and if she doesn't know, she'll go out there and search for it because she wants to try and get, you know, women more empowered to do things and let them know that, Hey, you're able to do this. And just a totally 
positive experience that she's trying to reflect through her own actions. And she's got a great story and I'm really trying to get her on to kind of share that. I think she's a little nervous, but hopefully me talking about her a little bit, will pump her up and get her on here. I also have a, another lady uh, that I'm looking at probably bringing on a new year. She runs a website too, and I don't, I don't want to butcher her website, but she has done some great things too up at this uh, great Smoky Mountain Jeep event that happens every year. And she's done training. She runs training videos. like all sorts. She just picked this up one day. So she does some great things. And I definitely want to bring people like this on there uh, for at least the off-road and kind of stuff. I did talk to Fully Mission Capable Overland, and he is going to uh, definitely put together some really good stuff. I'm excited about that. And who else do we got? We got another person. Oh, yeah, uh, my buddy Chad. He's working on his stuff because we haven't forgot about all the, the different things we want to bring in weapons training and, you know, doing the smart things while you're out there, maybe some everyday carry kind of thing and probably get instructor one to come back on here and do a series too. So we got a lot of things in the work, you know, just gonna have to be patient with us. You know, this, this is, I would love for this to be the one thing that Chuck and I do all the time, but it just isn't that way right now, but maybe one day with your support, it'll be that way for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And with, I mean, we got hunting season wrapping up, so I've got, plans to interview of a few of my buddies and some folks that I've met online that I think they've got some killer stories. And these are hunts that have taken place outside of North Carolina, uh, that they can share with some folks that I think are really going to get people excited. Some elk hunts, some mountain goat hunts. Oh yeah. A a couple of, a couple of North Carolina whitetail hunts, of course. But, uh, just, just to let people know there's, there's a whole world out there to go experience and you can you can do it relatively cheap um yeah absolutely it just a lot of it it's adventure it's really effort a lot of it comes down to effort and then you start planning but it's once you know because there's a lot of oh i want to do that want to do that well i can guarantee you now i can't guarantee you tomorrow uh that's that's a definitely a big one there but i'm glad you brought up that too because this weekend so there's that property i was telling you about uh one of the game lands out here in North Carolina, I'm actually going to go with a buddy Saturday morning and we're going to go out there. We're going to be prepared to hunt, but I have in my mind because I've never gone out there that I'm just going to do terrain walk today and just get kind of get a feel for the the area and then plan my next year kind of hunt to go and, and take advantage of that. So I, well, I have that plan and we'll just see what happens. And then the following week, uh, next Saturday, I'm probably am going to take my son. We're going to go uh, hit a property, go do some hunting, try and get that wrapped in. And then early January, I'm going to go to, uh, I think it's called Suggs Mill. Some of y'all might be familiar mm-hmm. with it out here. Um, I'm going to go out there and see if I can get some pigs or some coyotes or whatever. I don't think there's going to be any pigs out there. It literally tells you on the permit, don't expect to have pigs. But everywhere in the chat rooms that I go to, people tell me, oh, you know, they're kind of out there. You got to find them. I'm cool. Yeah, Gets me outside. I'm good with it. The past two weekends or two out of the last three weekends, I've had two different buddies. One was walking in for an evening hunt with a stand on his back, public land, uh, shot a pretty good buck and another one of my good friends who I, I hunt with, um, we've kind of made an annual, uh, pilgrimage to a spot in the mountains for the past few years, but he was hunting in a different area and his morning hunt had wrapped up and he was scouting and he killed one of the biggest bucks he's ever killed in his life. 
scouting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my- <laughs> it happens, man. Yeah. And some, I mean, realistically, sometimes, I mean, there's no point in climbing up a tree to hunt if you hadn't found the right area. Cause if deer aren't there, it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, so the, the best course of action sometimes is just to walk around just to find that spot. I mean, I've literally walked from the time the sun come up till about an hour before it gets dark. And t- before I found a spot where, Oh, this is where I want to sit down. This right. is worth my time. But you kind of got to go into it fully prepared to spend a day walking around looking. And if you don't find anything, it's still, it's still successful. Oh, I know. I'm going like to learn said, You can go back next yeah. year. And you know, the guy that I'm going with, he's a very experienced hunter. So I know there's going to be some things he's going to be able to right. share with me and whatnot, you know, because me, I'm not an experienced tree stand hunter. I've, I've literally used my tree stand once. I just got it this year. And I think I shared with you before. Initially, I'm just not a fan. It's not how I was programmed. Uh, this He swears by him. So definitely. Oh, yeah, man. Yep. I'm definitely. And I know you are. You got a stash of them. So getting that, uh, being receptive to that and listening to that, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Right. Well, it, it and it, it also buys you a little bit more of a margin of error versus being on the ground. You can get away with a little bit more movement. Uh, you can conceal yourself better. Uh, play the wind. You you can hide your scent a little bit better by being up, particularly if you get up 20 plus feet or whatever. Right. But I mean, when you like I've been using a saddle this year so I, and a and a lock on stand, which is if you don't know what that is, you just need to Google uh, tree saddle or or hang on tree stand. Either one, because I'm not going to be able to explain it through words. Sounds like something but, that a lineman would use climbing a pole. <laughs> That's what it sounds yeah. like. That is. Yeah. Yeah. And essentially what I use a set of like climbing sticks, which looks like a ladder segments. I strapped to the tree and that's how I climb the tree. Then once I get in the tree, I can hang my stand. Well, the one benefit of that versus uh, like a climbing stand, which is something that not only is it your tree stand, but it's your climbing mechanism is I can get into a lot of branched trees that way. Right. And so I can get up into a tree that has limbs going the whole way up. And when I get up in that tree, I have better cover. Right. So it, I mean, it's just far more beneficial for me than sitting on the ground. I've got a couple buddies that have made a living off of hunting off the ground, which is fine and well. Tons of people are successful at it, but like I said, you can just get away with a little bit more when you're up in a tree. And two, a lot of times your vantage point's that much better. You right. can see over stuff and you can see in the stuff a little bit easier that way. So that's just my preferred way to hunt. You know, when you explained that to me, that what hit me is, uh, I don't know if you ever, you might have seen this video. Uh, there was a hunter. He's in very much a very covered position, elevated in a tree, and he's bow hunting. And he took a shot on this beautiful buck, and the arrow literally stuck into a branch. Uh, it wasn't really that big. It just, and it's right on target. And the buck just sat there and looked at him. And he just couldn't believe that was gone. But yeah, it's on video. I wonder if I can find it, but I just felt so bad for him. <laughs> and it happens. I mean, it yeah. happens for sure. Um, but I mean, it's one of those deals. Like I said, the, the, the advantages versus the disadvantages for me far are far outweigh the advantages to being a tree far outweigh the advantages of being on the ground. I, I agree with like, that. Like I you're mean, more mobile and you're easier to, t- it's easier to get up and take off. But if if I'm not turkey hunting, once I find that spot, I don't really plan on moving. Right again. Um, so it's just, and plus I'm all, I'm a kind of what's what's over there that type of person. You can ask anybody's turkey hunted with me. That's kind that's how I am. Right. But so being able to see 
over there without walking there is is something that I I put a lot of weight on and uh, a lot of value in. Yeah, you can see a lot, that's for sure. And I'm telling you, like Chuck, we're gonna have to start prepping for that turkey hunt, man. We we gotta we gotta do it in 2020, brother. Man, I I, I cannot wait for turkey season. <laughs> uh, if any if if you've ever wanted to hunt, or if you've been hunting, say you went deer hunting, you're like, oh, that's boring. I'm not hunting. Hunting's boring. My goodness, you got to go turkey hunting. Yeah, I mean, you you definitely. It's the one thing I can feel can say, like just through my experience, that one experience is it very much puts in a sense that man, they're kind of hunting you a little bit. Like these things, just when I went to that uh, orientation, when I talked about just how smart these things are and how well they see, you're like, good lord, I cannot make a mistake here. Because uh, that's the one thing that I know for a fact. You make a mistake with a turkey, that's it. That is yeah, it. no, hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's hundred percent. I mean, and like I was talking about being in a tree, turkeys do not care if you're moving. No matter where you are, a turkey's going to spot you. They right. are. You you cannot make a mistake with one. That's the perfect way to sum it up. I always tell people because because deer are are notorious for their noses and smelling people. Right. And I tell people all the time. If a turkey could smell, you would never kill one. <laughs> I believe Because everything else is that good. The only reason you ever kill one is because it can't smell. Because right. if they could smell, it would be game over. Right. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Uh, so we need to start prepping that one, Nick, when the new year comes. For sure. All right, folks. So we're going to have a Christmas podcast. Well, we'll see what Santa brings. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. We'll see what happens. But thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Chuck's appreciate it, I'm sure. For sure. Yes, I do. Yeah. You know, this is something that we really enjoy and hope you get that from us. And thanks again for joining us this week. And make sure to subscribe to the show and maybe even leave us a five-star rating. Thanks for listening to the Route 16 Grind. We want to thank our amazing sponsors, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, C-State Coffee, and Route 16 Off-Road for their support. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and more. Just look for Route 16. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X. Or just go to Route16.com. Until next week, plan smart, be safe, and as always, be prepared. Damn, I love this podcast. Yeah!